You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Lifting up. I said there will be a lifting up in the name of Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil, God will use it as a springboard for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Let's give it up to the Lord if you believe this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated in his presence. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, the enemy cannot stop whatever it is that God has planned and purpose for you in the name of Jesus. Once upon a time, before air conditioning, we used to live. Once upon a time, before Nepal, we used to live. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's give it up to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Oh, please open your Bibles with me this morning. I want you to be steadfast, unshakable, always abounding. Fear can never be our future. God is. He declares the end from the beginning and calls those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. And listen, Nigeria. Nigeria will not break. It is too big for the machinations of any men to destroy it. Can I have a big amen? So I know that fear is not our future as a country. Glory to God. God is. We've been looking at the subject, the tale of two boasters, and this morning as we continue to look at the story of these two big boasters, one that was boasting in his armor, that was boasting in his sword, boasting in his javelin, boasting in his strength, and the other one was a little boy who had no physical stature, and who had no strength. And the only boast he could make was to make his boast in the Lord. It's a story of, of the tale of two boasters, Goliath and David. 1 Samuel chapter 17. A man known as Goliath who stood for his country introduced the principle of one for all and all for one to the Israelites. said, are you not the servants of Saul? Why don't you choose someone amongst you to represent your land while I stand for my people, the Philistines? And the king Saul had the boast of Goliath and he searched through the entire land and there was no man that can stand. Even the king was not ready to stand for his people. Because that would have been the wise thing to do. He says, appoint one man among yourselves. And he says, if the king cannot stand, are you not all servants of Saul? And yet, no man could show up 
May man that will be ready to give all for the progress of our nation show up in the name of Jesus. God is just looking for a man that is ready. A man that is ready that he will take over and use. A man that has no personal agenda. A man whose agenda only is to be used of God to ride upon the wavelengths of Nigeria to restore peace, order, and justice. Can I have an amen? God is only looking for a man. In your situations, perhaps in your family, he's looking for a man to use. Oh, somebody says I was the first to get saved in my family. Yes, because he has a plan and a purpose, not just for your family, not just for your generation, but for generations that are coming after you. Can I have an amen? So he's always looking for a man in a family to solve the family problem and to heal and to deliver the family from poverty. He will raise a man. He will raise a man for a city or a town or a village or a hamlet to deliver them from the shackles of darkness, he will look for a man. That's God's pattern. Always looking for a man. And in this season, in the life of Israel, no man was available. All the soldiers, men of the infantry, men of the intelligence, none was available. Or none could muster up courage to show up against Goliath. Goliath represents everything that is wicked and evil. The corruption we have been talking about. The kidnapping we have been talking about. And all the evils that we have been talking about. Come to think of it when you look at Nigeria. I don't know how much you know of a country. But I need you to understand that this is not the Nigeria we used to know. A Nigeria that had four manufacturing plants where cars were being assembled. Steyer in Bauchi was assembling army trucks that our military were using. In Kaduna, we had Pan that was assembling Pojo cars that was the darling of the whole country. In Lagos, we had Volkswagen that was assembling the Beetle line and all the stuff for the lower people, the middle people of the society. In Enugu, we had Anamco. Thank God he's still alive. Assembling trucks. It came much later. Ibadan. We had Steyer. We also had uh, a Nigerian uh, an assembly plants. What's it not called? What's it called now? Leyland. Thank you. We had Leyland in Ibadan. We had Excite Battery Manufacturing Company that is based in Ibadan that manufactures batteries. We had Dunlop in Portacot manufacturing the tires that cars were using. We had a glass factory in Ibokoda in Ondo State. For those of you who are Ondo State, has the largest deposit of sand that is used to manufacture glass. Where is the glory? But now Goliath have risen up and challenging the entire nation in the form of corruption, in the form of banditry, in the form of all manners of brigandages. And there is no man that is ready to stand up. Every man is for himself and for his own people. But as God lives in 2023, God will raise his own man in the name of Jesus. I said, God will raise his own man this year in the name of Jesus. There was no man in the whole land. All the soldiers, all the professional politicians, they have been found wanting. They can't measure up. 
They're not qualified in the sight of God for what God wants to do. Can I have an amen? The tale of two boasters. Isaiah 1 Samuel 17. Let's take it from verse 12. Learn a couple of more lessons from this tale. 1 Samuel 17 from verse 12. Please give it to me from verse 8. Let me cue you in to this story so far. Praise God. Thank you. I think I need to get this off. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. Can I have an amen? Long before AC, we used to preach. I will continue to preach even when there is no AC. And even when there is no light. Can I have an amen? Give it up to the Lord. Amen. 1 Samuel 17 verse 8. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why have you come up to... Please just stay on a regular New King James or whatever. Please, don't distract me. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. If I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly. How many? The king and how many Israel? All Israel. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Hallelujah. Nobody could show up. The battle line was drawn. All the soldiers that were there, they were depending on the angel anointing. They were waiting upon the anointing of the army. No man could stand to lead the army. Not even the king. Everybody was fearing for himself. In other words, all the preoccupation of all the soldiers that were there, nobody was ready to take responsibility. Verse 12, now David. Hallelujah. Look at the way God introduced David to the scene. He had looked at Saul and all of these men. He had found them not, he had found them wanting. All those who are parading themselves as professional politicians, switching from 1A to B, B to C, C to D. There's virtually no party they have not crisscrossed because that's, they are professionals. I don't blame them. After all, if I'm working with Access Bank and um, Zenith Bank gives me a better offer, I will go. Can I have an amen? Isn't it? And if Taj Mahal Bank wakes up tomorrow and says it will double my salary, what will I do? So what is the motivation? Personal interest. Not an ideology. Not a cause. Not a desire. 
not to stand upon a course and say, yes, we will remain on this point on our agenda until we get it done. Is someone here this morning? They were all greatly afraid because the uppermost in their hearts was personal interests. Nobody was ready to stand up for the nation. Shout hallelujah. Now David was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. So God had put these ones on scale and found them wanting, and then he now began to walk behind the scene to introduce his own servants. Shout hallelujah. He was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. And the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. You know them. Eliab, the firstborn, Abinadab next to him, and the third was Shammah. 14. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. Look at the emphasis. God had already listed. They said the first is Eliab. Second is Abinadab. Third is Shammah. And then he, to rub it in, it's called the law of double mention. He says David was the youngest. Perhaps you are still doubting. And the three oldest that he had mentioned before, that is an emphasis. They followed Saul. Where are all the old cargo politicians? God has found them wanting But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew nearer and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of, of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand. See how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Glory to God. See how God began to introduce his servants who always cared for the sheep. The interest of the sheep was uppermost in his heart. He was an obedient servant, ready to obey authority, ready to obey the Lord. No personal agenda is in him. Verse 19, now Saul. So God left that scene. You know, that is, you know, you, you guys are very good at watching movies. So they will show you another scene and then connect it. So he briefly showed us David and how he was faring. Now he's bringing us back. He says, now, anytime you see it, now is a change of scene. Can I have an amen? Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. He has brought you back. Can I have an amen? Are you enjoying the movie? Glory to God. Put your hands together for Jesus. So, David rose early in the morning. Do you see the connection? God just spoke about him, right? Now, he has taken us back to the scene. He says, these guys were all there. Fools. Couldn't do anything. And Goliath is still shouting. And then he brought us back to David. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the what? 
he left the ship with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. This is one that has a caring heart. No wonder God said, I've seen a man that is after my heart. If it were some of us, we will abandon what we are doing halfway. If it will spoil, let him walk. Let it spoil. I know many of, not you, because I know you are PPA fanites. Can I have an amen? You are in the midst of an assignment. And then your boss calls you. I say, hey, John, come. Oh, this man don't call me again. Which kind of Miami thing be this? Person who go finish the thing where they go do. You're always complaining and grumbling. But see what David did. He left the ship with a keeper. He said, please, I'm coming. Take care of this ship for me. I need to go on an urgent assignment. Please look after it. This is their prescription. In the morning, this is what you give them. In the afternoon, this is what you give them. Please, I will soon be back. Can I have an amen? There is no grumbling because his heart is sold out. There is no personal agenda, no personal interest. He's not doing it for what he will gain. He's taking responsibility for an assignment that he believes God has for him. He took the things and went as Jesse had commanded. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. Hallelujah. What were they doing? Hallelujah. Is that not what they have been doing? 40 days and 40 nights, just shouting. No fighting at all. Don't we have them paper tigers? Social media tigers? They will write so much. They will talk, analyze, do everything. But they are not ready. When push comes to shove, they cannot stand. They won't stand for you. They are not ready to take responsibility. Glory to God. Next verse 21. I hope you are enjoying this movie. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and he ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Hallelujah. And as he talked with them, because that was the errand, go and bring news from your brother. Bring a token from them. Give me a news. Let me know they are well. Let me know they are okay. So he has taken the supplies, left it with the supply keeper, and ran to his brothers. And as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David had them. May you be at the right place at the right time. May the Lord Almighty orchestrate your steps. The Bible says the steps of the righteous, they are ordered by the Lord. May the Lord order your steps. In 2023, may the Lord order your steps. May he order your steps to meet your destiny helpers. In the name of Jesus. You will not be involved in useless gossip and useless talk and work this year. In the name of Jesus. Like a guided missile, the Lord will guide you in all you do. In the name of Jesus. So David had them, 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they did what? Fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. The whole army, they fled, just hearing the man, 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes. 
question. Why were they turning to this little boy? Why were they giving him this news? Why? So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? They were looking for a Messiah. They know they have been found wanting. So any help will do. Hallelujah. 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, had when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the... Hallelujah. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Am I here on my own terms? Did I come here to, to show any kind of pride or insolence? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Verse 30. 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they re- give me verse 30. Then you skip the verse. Then he turned from him towards another and these people answered him as the first ones did. Okay. When the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and Saul sent for him. May you stand before kings in the name of Jesus. May the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart connect you with heaven. And may the download you receive from heaven bring you before kings in the name of Jesus. May you truly become a solution provider in the name of Jesus. In your sphere of influence, may you become the hallmark May you become the hallmark. May you be the one that will set the rules of engagement in the name of Jesus. And they heard the words that he spoke and they told it to the king. The king sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Hallelujah. Look at the confident and bold leadership in this young boy. He says, let no man's heart fail him. The servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, next verse, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. Hallelujah. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, what happened? I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I cut it by its beard and struck and I killed it. Hallelujah. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Shout hallelujah. 
please take note of this. Your actions of today are all preparations for the challenges of tomorrow. Your actions of today, they are preparations for the challenges of tomorrow. They are preparations for the challenges of tomorrow. The little things you are doing today, the many other things you are doing, you are serving somebody, you are being faithful, you are being studious, you are being dedicated, you are being committed. They are all preparations for your day of showing. Oh, they, 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 they are just paying me peanuts, they are paying me monkey nuts, they are paying you this. They are all preparations towards the fulfillment of your purpose and destiny. When he was doing all what he was doing in the backside of the sheep of the sheep of the desert, keeping his father's sheep, they were all preparations towards destiny day. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Says your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two thing you should take notes. I mentioned it earlier. David took responsibility for his father's sheep. He took responsibility. The young boy that knew how to take responsibility. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give me verse 35, the previous verse. He took responsibility. The job you are doing, are you taking responsibility? Are you doing that job as if it's your personal business? Are you doing that job, even though it's your ministry of education, your ministry of economics, but are you doing it as your father's job, or you are doing it as no man's job? Hallelujah. Give me 34. I want to show you something. Personal responsibility. Whether you are doing government job, whether you are working for a private company, whether you are working for a multinational, whether you are working for a bank, you must learn to take responsibility. Your servant used to keep whose sheep? His father's sheep. It was not his sheep. Hallelujah. He used to keep his father's sheep. Then verse 35. And when the lion and the bear came up, what did he do? I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by this beard and struck it and killed it. If you have your ESV, give it to me in the English Standard Version. That it there is not conveying the meaning. It's a metaphor. The lion and the bear, they are metaphors. Hallelujah. I went after him. See, I went after what? He was talking of a lion and a bear. Using a personal pronoun for an animal. I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. If he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Hallelujah. Did David have options? Yes, he did. It was, they were not his sheep. And seeing a lion, he would have run. That's an option to preserve his life. Hallelujah. He could have shouted for help. Oh, today a lion has come. He could have shouted for help. He did not. He could have allowed the lions and the bears to consume the sheep. But he went out and grew it out of their mouth. He did not. Hallelujah. He put his own life. Do you know the lion may have consumed him? But he put his own life on the line. 
Can I have an amen? Talking of responsibility. Can you put your line on life on the line for your job that you are presently doing? Are you ready to go the extra mile? Or you are ready to quit? It's not mine. <laughs> Please hold now. Come and take your job. This problem is too much. You won't even make any effort because it's not yours. After all, I'm not sharing profit with them. They are the ones taking all the profit. They are just paying me peanuts. Whether it will spoil, make it spoil. That is the attitude of generality of Nigerians. And our so-called people briganding themselves as leaders. And God has found them wanting. But here was David. He learned to take responsibility and put his life on the line. To face a lion and a bear. Bear kills people. You've, you've read in America and all these places. Bear kills people. He put his life on the line. He knew how to take responsibility. He would have run for his dear life. He would have shouted. He would have, you know, just allowed them to consume the sheep. After all, they are sheep. In order to save his own life. But he did not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. I told you, watch out for that pronoun him. First Peter 5 8. Glory to God. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like what? Seeking someone to... You see, the metaphor there, that lion there, is a metaphor for the devil. That when the devil shows up, he was ready to confront him. He was not ready to throw the people under the bus. He was not ready to fight for him and his family alone. Can I have an Amen. A man that is ready to confront the banditry that is going on. A man that is ready to confront the Boko Haram and to confront all the ills of the society without compromise. Are you telling me that kidnappers are bigger than the Nigerian army? Are you telling me that all of the cattle rustlers and those who are doing illegal mining of uranium, of gold in the northeast, in the northwest, they are bigger than the Nigerian Air Force. So why have we not been able to delimit or exterminate these forces in our land? Because of personal interest. When you get there, the system sucks you in and you join them. You can't beat them, you... And by the time they threaten you with one or two things, you do this, we'll kill you. Or we'll, then you back off. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Shout hallelujah. And that's why I've told you consistently, it is time for God to choose his own man. A man that will be ready to lay his, down, his life down because God is the one riding in him on the crest of the wave of Nigeria. Can I have an amen? Put your hands together for Jesus. And I want you to be that man from your own sphere of influence. Be Start being that man in your own local area. Start being that man that will be ready to take responsibility. That we allow God to move and ride through him to take charge of the environment. Start being that man in your place of work. Start being that man in your neighborhood, start being that man that will take responsibility for the community. Shout hallelujah. David showed us that he was one that was ready to take responsibility. Glory to God. Number three, David also showed 
through the story so far that he passed the test of faithfulness. He passed the test of faithfulness. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 12. There are three tests of faithfulness. Faithfulness in little things. Faithfulness in money. And then faithfulness in other people's stuff. He who is faithful in least, in what is least, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust, I'm not done with verse 10. And he who is unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. So that's the test of faithfulness in little things. Verse 11. <clears throat> Therefore, if you have not been found faithfully on your righteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? That's money. Are you faithful in money? Are you faithful with money? You want to lead our nation. You want to lead your community. Are you faithful with money? Can you be trusted with money? Are you faithful in little things? They give you a small assignment to do. Are you faithful in it? You are eyeing the big one. You want to be president. But even a local government, you cannot even manage faithfully. You have not even managed your own household well. And you want to manage the city. You want to become the mayor of FCT. Or you want to become the state governor. And yet, you are not faithful in little. Money. The third one, verse 12. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? And this is where many miss it. They can be faithful in a little. They can be faithful with money. But if you are not faithful with what is other people's own, nobody is going to give you yours. Hallelujah. David was faithful with his father's sheep. He passed the test of faithfulness before God. He didn't have money. It was a family money. He was faithful, managing it. In little things, he managed the little things. How many sheep you had his brother say, whom did you leave those few sheep? He's been found faithful in the little. Can I have an amen? May you be like a David. When you are tested on the scale of God's faithfulness, may God not find you wanting. In the name of Jesus. May you be faithful in righteous mammon. May you be faithful in money matters. In the name of Jesus. And may you be one that will not despise the days of little beginning. In the name of Jesus. And especially if you are faithful in those two, in this third one is where many miss it. Other people's things. Do you treat other people's things as yours? Do you treat other people's work where you are working? Do you take personal responsibility? Do you take it as my job and putting your whole life into it? It's easy to be faithful with money. I don't steal. Thank God for your life. It's, faithful to be, it's easy to be faithful in little things. You know, yes, okay, let's just be managing. There's hope for a bigger one. You know, tomorrow God will do something. But being faithful in other people's matters, that is where the rubber hits the road. Many believers, we are guilty of it. Many of us are guilty of it. Inability to be faithful in other people's own. Instead, we'll be using the seed time to scheme and to scheme and to curry those customers to our own self personally. And God is watching. May you not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Verse 37. David said, 
the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Shout hallelujah. Now if you interpose these two, I showed us how David said, I went after it and I struck him. That is the lion and the bear. What David was doing here is that, look, he acted as if everything depended on his personal strength, energy, responsibility, courage. Shout hallelujah. But at the same time, he knew. Here, it says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me. And I want you to see the interconnection between them. You must be ready to do all you can do for yourself. And in any situation you find yourself, you must act as if everything, the success of that endeavor lies in your power. And at the same time, you must know that the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord. Shout hallelujah. He acted as if all the success lies on his strength, on his energy, on his time, on his intellect, and everything that he has. But at the same time, he was not trusting in those things. He learned to put his trust in who? In the Lord. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And this is where you have an edge. There are others who believe in themselves. They believe anything they set their mind to, they can do. They believe Genesis 11. Nothing will stop these people that they have imagined to do. Yes, but they forget the God factor. But David was never one that would forget the God factor. He knew. He did all that he could by his own strength and energy. And yet, he never put put his trust in them. Shout hallelujah. Having done all he could in his own capacity, he trusted in the Lord for deliverance and victory. In all your endeavors, you must put your trust, put in your best, as if all depends on your efforts alone. Pray and extend your faith as if all depends on God alone. You must learn to put your trust in God alone. Can I have an amen? Proverbs 21 verse 31, the amplified version. Proverbs 21, 31, amplified. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance and victory are of the Lord. May the Lord give you victory. May the Lord multiply your efforts. May he add his favor to your efforts in the name of Jesus. But you must do all as if all lies in your capacity. And then you then learn to trust in the Lord. Shout hallelujah. Prepare your horses ahead for the day of battle, but never put your trust in them. But it is foolishness not to prepare for the day of battle and to be counting and trusting the Lord. Because that's the other extreme. We have those who all they are doing is praying and fasting and going to the mountain, and they never prepare the horse ready. And we know that success comes when opportunity meets preparation. God is the one who makes opportunity and creates opportunities. But the preparation is in your own hand. Can I have an amen? The preparation is in your hand. Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in chariots and in horses, but we trust 
in the name of the Lord. Can I have an amen? Some trust in and boast of chariots and some of horses, but we will trust in and boast in the name of the Lord our God. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Quickly fast forward to verse 45. Let's establish that and then we pray this morning. 1 Samuel 17, 41. To drive home this point, he did all he could in his own strength. So the Philistines came and began drawing near to David and the man who bought the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, <laughs> they did what? He looked about and saw David. What was he looking for? Let's go to our movies again. He was looking. He was looking for. He was looking for the man that's coming to challenge him. I never saw anybody. He said he looked about. Where's the soldier? Where's the man that is standing for you? Where's the man? You know you are there and the man is not seeing him. Can I have an amen? Do you understand? He was looking around. Where's the soldier that was expecting another huge guy to show up? And I was looking. Where is he? Maybe this one is just uh, the person carrying his shoe. Okay. Where is he? Where is he? And they said, he's the one. Ah. When he saw David, he you. <laughs> he disdained him. For he was only a youth, rudy and good looking. He was never one that was prepared for war. Somebody good looking. War front. Hallelujah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Luther Vandross sang many years ago. Don't judge a book by its cover. They never born many of them at that time. When some people, they go disco. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He saw only a youth, rudy and good looking. So the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. You are coming to me with sticks. Am I a dog? The, I love that scene. Shout hallelujah. The guy would have been angry. Venting his anger. Glory to God. And then the Philistine said to David, Come to, come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I can imagine that this guy... Because of his weight, maybe you know that. How many of you know generous? That stick they hold. Do you know what it is? It's also a seat. Right? Or you don't know? They expand it and then sit on it. So the guy must have brought out his uh, stick and sat on it. He says, Come to me. And they just balance back. I'm using my imagination. You can use yours too. Hello? I'm using mine. You can use yours too. So he must have sat back and said, Come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Shout hallelujah. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you, take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines, to the boss of the air, the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Yeah. Glory to God. 
He never arrogated anything to himself. He says, you are coming to me with your sword and javelin, but I am coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Shout hallelujah. God is only looking for a man that will stand and be ready to make a boast in the Lord. A man that believes him and will be ready to make a boast that I know my God that he will deliver us. We will not be careful to answer you in this matter. The three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 said, they will not bow to you. O king, we will not be careful to answer you in this matter. Please give me Daniel 3 16. I know, we know our God that he is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not bow to you. Shout hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We will not answer you. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. God is always looking for men that are ready to make a boast in him. Shout hallelujah. We are not trusting in their their weapons of war. We're ready to make a boast in the Lord. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Shout a big hallelujah. Let me give you one more point and we pray. Verse 47. We read to verse 46. Give me 46 again. We'll read all the way to 48 and we'll hang in there today. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. What kind of warfare is going on now? Huh? God bless you. Spiritual, yes. Psychological warfare. It's words, using words. Making their boast. Have you seen boxers before? And they start beating their chest and make some boast and shout and pull the rope and do all manners. It's called psychological warfare. It's show. They do that show so that you become scared. Let the fight start. Shout hallelujah. I said it's a tale of two boasters. Goliath had boasted. He says, come to me and I will tear you and throw your carcass to the boss of the air. So David had to reply him. Can I have an amen? He has to first reply him. He says, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And when God delivers you into my hand, what will I do? I will strike you. Take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the whole camp of the Philistines to the boss of the air. It be me. It's only me you want to give. But you, the whole of the camp of the Philistines, are to the wild beast, that all the earth may know. It started with God. That the Lord will deliver into my hand and he ended with God. That the whole earth may know that there is a God in Israel. May God be your Alpha and your Omega and everything in between. May he be the beginning of your battle. May he be the B to the Z of your battle. And may he be the Omega of your battles in the name of Jesus. May you not go to that warfare alone in the name of Jesus. God was his Alpha and his Omega. Verse 47. Then all this assembly shall know 
that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our... Hallelujah. He will give you into our what? May the Lord give your enemies over into your hands. And may he deliver your enemies into your hands. In the name of Jesus. And verse 48. So it was. When the Philistine arose. Remember I told you he went back to sit down. Hello? Because I'm using my imagination. And that's the way you must read your Bible too. He first rose, moved forward. He was looking for the person to fight. When he looked around, he didn't see anybody. He went to sit down. Is it this small David? You. He went to sit down and relax. And then the psychological warfare started. So it was when the Philistine arose. So when David psychologically threatened him and said, I will tear you, not only you, but all the Philistines. I will throw your carcasses to the beast of the earth and your flesh to the... Bo-. He rose. Say, me, you are talking to me. Amen? Glory to God. Is it me you are talking to? So he arose and came and he drew near to David to meet David. That, that, so it was when the Philistine arose and drew near to David, that's what? David hurried and did what? Ran towards the enemy to meet, towards the army to meet the Philistine. He ran towards him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, 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 oh. Hallelujah. You must never allow the enemy to bring nonsense to your camp. Can I have an amen? You must never... The Bible says, or well, Englishman says, attack is the best form of... Don't wait for them to bring the rubbish to your house. Arise and charge at them. David arose and he charged. Don't allow the enemy to come charging at you. You must learn to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. You must learn. You must learn to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. Don't wait until there's a crisis before you start praying and fasting. Don't wait until the admission is not true before you remember God that is able to deliver you. Let him be your alpha. Let him be your omega. Let him be the start of that project. Before you start, make sure he's the one leading you. If he's the one leading you, ask him for the strategies to, to prosecute the war, to prosecute the business. Don't wait until you have failed. Don't wait until Goliath is staring you in the face. Don't wait until he is charging at you before you rise. You must learn to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. Isaiah chapter 28, and we'll close on that note. Isaiah 28, give me verses 5 and 6. Shout hallelujah. You must learn to take the battle to the gates of the enemy. That is why we pray. That is why we study the Bible. That's why we tell you, come for midweek service, hour of discovery. Come and learn the tools. Lay hold of the scriptures, the weapons of warfare. For though we walk in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, 5 and 6. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and bringing into disobedience into everything that is working in disobedience. Shout hallelujah. We must learn to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. Shout hallelujah. Do you know those that God will be a crown of glory for? And a diadem of beauty, verse 6. 
I will also be a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength, for courage, for boldness to those who turn back the battle at the gates. Shout hallelujah. Until you learn to take the battle to the gates, when you learn to take the battle to the gates, God's strength will be supplied. He will become a crown of glory to you. He will become a diadem of beauty to you. Every grace that you need, he will supply. When Daniel purposed in his heart, in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, that he was not going to define himself with the king's meat, God supplied grace. But there must be a purpose. You must learn to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. Shout hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He wants to supply strength and courage to us. We must learn to take the battle to the gates of the enemy. For attack is the best form of defense. Let God be the alpha. Let him be the omega. And let him be everything that is in between. Let him be the alpha, the omega, and everything in between. That's what David did. He learned to do that. He learns to do that. He learns to do that. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand even before he started. And when God delivers him, Goliath, into his hands, then David will rise and strike him down and cut off his head so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He knew that the battle was not his. It was the battle of the Lord. And he only positioned himself to make himself available so that God can ride through him to victory. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and say, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me, Lord. Help me. Help me to learn to take responsibility. Help me to learn to take responsibility. Help me to pass the test of faithfulness. Faithfulness in little things. Faithfulness in money. Faithfulness in other people's affairs. Other people's businesses that have been entrusted into my hands as a steward. Help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In new carry about your business as if everything depends on your capacity and yet put no trust in your own strength let your trust be in the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus thank you Father in Jesus mighty name we have prayed one verse before we go, Proverbs 28, 15. We we'll use it to pray for Nigeria before we close this morning. Proverbs 28, 15. <clears throat> Proverbs 28, 15, technology. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. Verse 15 is okay. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. A roaring lion and a charging bear, these are metaphors of wicked, evil inspired leadership. I, t- we quoted, I quoted to you 1 Peter 5 8. Like a roaring lion. Who is the one that walks about like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour? It is the devil. So, like a roaring lion and a charging bear, these are metaphors 
for wicked rulership or devil-inspired leadership over a poor people. So God used the backside of the desert. When David was keeping his father's sheep, he used the training he had received to learn to deal with wicked rulership. Can I have an amen? God knew a day that is coming that the Goliaths will rise up and he had prepared him ahead of time. And that's why we told you all the things you are going through today, they are preparations for your land of destiny. Don't despise any of them. The pains you are going through is to help you to plan to develop empathy. The pressures you are going through, the challenges you are going through, they are all preparations for your destiny. So we're going to pray. And what is our prayer? That God will raise for himself in that, in that country a man with the anointing of David to be able to rescue Nigeria from the hand of evil and wicked rulership in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray for that man. That God will raise that man for himself. One that carries a Davidic anointing. The anointing to overthrow wicked rulership. Evil rulership. Evil leadership. Over our nation. God, raise up a David, oh God. Raise up one with a Davidic anointing. In the name of Jesus. To deliver us from wicked leadership in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. You have blessed us with everything. With all the resources, mineral resources, human capital, men, women, young and old, intellectuals. But Lord, we lack leadership. Raise up for yourself one with a Davidic anointing. And deliver us from this cycle of wicked leadership. Thank you, Father. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the people of God say, raise up for yourself a David, O God, to mount the leadership of our country. In Jesus' mighty name, and the people of God say, put your hands together for Jesus. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppfn.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.